This episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. I lived overseas for many years, and one of the biggest bottlenecks to international living is money transfers. You want to withdraw money from an ATM to access funds from your American bank account, and you don't realize you're getting hit with a $10 charge every single time you do that. Yeah, that did happen to me. So if you're dining in dollars or want to do business in bot, what a Wise account does is let you send, spend, and receive money in different currencies. Wise is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. This goes from a night out at a tapas bar in Spain to buying a property in the Yucatan. So if you're a digital nomad in Bali or want to send money back to mom, it's simple. And this is all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Wise works in over 160 countries, so your money's always at your fingertips. And over half of the transfers get their destination in less time than it takes to listen to this ad. Join 16 million customers and learn how a Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com unplugged. That's wise.com unplugged. One more time, wise.com unplugged. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to the History Unplugged podcast, the unscripted show that celebrates unsung heroes, myth busts historical lies, and rediscovers the forgotten stories that changed our world. I'm your host, Scott Rank. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this broadcast from History on the Net. My name is Scott Rank, and I answer your questions about history. Anything you can think of, you can send to me, and I will answer it for you. So the question that I have today is about JFK. This question for today's episode comes from Brandon. Here's what he says. This is Brandon Wall, and I'm wondering what would have happened if Nixon beat JFK? in the presidential election. How would the world be looking like these days? For instance, how would you think he would have handled the Russians trying to give Cuba a nuke? Hmm. Okay, Brandon, thank you. That's a great question. And before I jump into the particulars, I want to say something in general. A lot of times when we think about people in the past, we imagine that what we think about them today is how people back then thought of them. And what I mean by that is there's a really romantic idea of JFK now. We think of his glamorous wife, uh, Jackie Kennedy. We think of the young children, how charismatic he was. I lived in Istanbul, Turkey, and there's a JFK Boulevard because they like JFK. If you talk to any baby boomer, I'm almost positive they'll remember the day that JFK was shot. Now, we assume that because we think of this about him now, that that's what people thought about him then. But people in history are, presidents are always divisive figures. I mean, they have to be because they have to win over a part of the electorate. 
For example, we would assume that because many consider Abraham Lincoln to be the greatest president in American history, that he was beloved in his day. Well, of course he wasn't. He was assassinated. But even other Republicans in 1864 thought that Lincoln shouldn't run for re-election because they thought that he had a weak character. Lincoln suffered with depression. He had bouts of depression. They thought he simply didn't have the mettle to be president during war. So many did not like Lincoln during his lifetime. Winston Churchill, after he led England through World War II, lost the prime ministry because people wanted a peacetime leader. FDR in 1940 almost lost the presidential election to a man named Wendell Wilkie, who was a businessman with no political experience at all, sounds like today. If he would have won, he would have been the first person to win a presidency with no political experience. Trump won, so that's a first in history. But FDR almost lost to him because the New Deal wasn't working the way that he would have hoped. And with World War II, that gave a new impetus, a new boost to his presidency. But there were many times when he was not popular. So let's not let our view of the present speckle what we think of the past. Okay, so let's jump into the question at hand of what would have happened if Nixon would have won? Well, the election of 1960 was very close. A few thousand votes would have separated victory from defeat. Again, like the 2016 election. A lot of my information is going to come from Evan Thomas's book, Being Nixon, A House Divided. If you want to know more about that, I suggest you check it out. Now, here are a few things that would have happened differently. Number two, a, number one, a very different Cuba scenario would have played out. Nixon had more foreign policy experience than Kennedy did at that time. Remember, Nixon was Dwight D. Eisenhower's vice president for eight years. If you're serving alongside the man who's the supreme allied commander of World War II, you're going to understand geopolitics very well. That's one factor, and Nixon already faced off against Khrushchev in the famous kitchen debate during a visit to Moscow in 1959. In 1961, there was the disastrous Bay of Pigs invasion in which Cuban exiles were supported to try to topple the Castro regime. Well, a lot of military leaders thought that it wasn't going to work. Curtis LeMay, who was an Air Force general who was the architect of the Tokyo bombings in World War II, told Kennedy, they don't have air cover. This is going to fail. I can't even get involved in this operation. I'm washing my hands of this because I don't think it's going to work. Well, that operation was bungled, and then Kennedy met with Nikita Khrushchev, the Soviet leader in Austria, after that, and historians agree that he did poorly in his negotiations, so that caused Khrushchev to step up and then send nuclear weapons right off the shore of America to Cuba, leading to the Cuban Missile Crisis. So a lot of historians think that it was because of Kennedy's weakness in the run-up to it that a lot of this happened. Now, thankfully, he was able to draw a firm line, and it didn't escalate into something really bad like nuclear war. But some people think that, frankly, Nixon would have handled that better. The other thing, too, is that we wonder if Kennedy's um, extramarital affairs with people like Marilyn Monroe and others would have come to light. Now, it probably wouldn't have come to, it wouldn't have come to his light during his presidency because there was still the old boys club mentality at this period that the press simply did not report on politicians' affairs. That really doesn't come until the late 80s or so, or really other things that presidents did that was frowned upon. Uh, for example, Lyndon B. Johnson, when he was in his Texas ranch, he loved to drive his big old Cadillac 
with a beer in hand, drinking and driving. And sometimes he would have a journalist in the car with him and they'd be chatting off the record. So you have journalists doing drunk driving with the president and they're not reporting on it. That gives you an idea of what's hands off. So I'm not talking about the presidency, but if Kennedy would have lost, he wouldn't have been president. If he left the political life, a lot of his affairs might have come to light and history might have remembered him a lot differently as somebody who wasn't faithful to his life and maybe wasn't that upstanding and moral. So those are some negative things about Kennedy. Now let's look at some positive things. There's question on if we would have landed on the moon, the United States would have landed on the moon in 1969 if Nixon would have won. Kennedy urged Congress in May 1961 to send a man to the moon by the end of the decade, which they did, and NASA had an extraordinary amount of its budget, about proportionally five to ten times more in the 1960s than it does today because we wanted to beat the Russians. It was Cold War politics and not just scientific discovery. Nixon was president when the moon landing happened in 1969, and he continued to support the lunar program throughout his presidency, but he didn't support it or cast vision the way that Kennedy did. Eventually, Nixon axed the Apollo program, and as federal belt tightening became an issue, he supported a budget that included the canceling of the final three Apollo missions, and he wanted a more modest version of the space program that would have a reusable Earth orbiter that became the space shuttle program. If he would have been president in 1960, maybe he just would have wanted a low Earth orbit program and not a lunar lander. Maybe we could have gotten into the to the moon, but if you had to pick between two presidents and get us to the moon, you had a much better chance with Kennedy than you would have with Nixon. The fourth issue that Evan Thomas argues is that there would have been no Watergate. Thomas says that Nixon's paranoia went up a great deal after he lost the election in 1960, partly because he felt the Kennedys had used dirty tricks to defeat him. He felt the Kennedys were better at dirty tricks than he was in 1960. And Thomas says he was probably not wrong about that. The Kennedys played hardball, and Bobby Kennedy was probably smarter about dirty tricks in 1960 than Richard Nixon was. Well, Nixon was famous for being paranoid, and that's what caused the Watergate scandal to happen. He spied on his enemies, he kept an enemies list, and it wasn't so much the action but the cover-up that snarled him in. Also about Nixon, he, uh, he was so paranoid that when he would be back in California during the Watergate investigation, after a few drinks he would drunk dial his advisors at 2 or 3 in the morning and ask them, what, what do you know, what do you know about the Watergate investigation? And his paranoia was all-consuming. Evan Thomas posits that if he would have won in 1960 and not have been on the wrong end of ugly political tactics, maybe he wouldn't have fallen into the lesser angels of his nature and been a more well-rounded individual, and perhaps he wouldn't have been entrapped in Watergate, which is really a web of his own making. Even a lot of people today who aren't necessarily on the political right, who are on the political left, Acknowledge that Nixon, for all of his personal failings, was a good president. He went to China. He had a vision for uh, government programs that even people on the right don't like so much. Uh, so they recognize his ability at politics, but his personal issues really tripped him up. Now, the last issue is interesting, and that would have been perhaps if Nixon would have won, there would have been no Civil Rights Act of 1964. Lyndon B. Johnson became president in 1963 after the Kennedy assassination. 
And it was then that Lyndon Johnson announced his vision of the Great Society. This included programs like Medicaid, Medicare, and also an end, what he called an end to poverty and racial injustice. Johnson argued that Congress owed it to the late president to see his civil rights bill passed. Well, it wasn't just Kennedy dying and people feeling bad about this and Johnson using these emotions to get it passed. It was Lyndon Johnson's extraordinary abilities as a politician to do this. Historians say that he was one of the most effective Senate leaders of his age because of the sheer amount of psychological bullying that he could do to get things passed. Johnson used something called the Johnson Treatment, which was an incredible blend of cajoling, badgering, reminding of past favors, and also threats of punishment to anyone who didn't go along with them. He was extraordinarily effective as a Senate Majority Leader, and if you look at pictures of him when he's talking to other congressmen at the time, he was a big Texas man, and he would tower over them. He would lean into them, and others would be leaning back with a smile plastered on their face, but really a look of terror. So he was intimidating, he was a bully, and he got things done. A lot of historians think that it was a mixture of using Kennedy nostalgia and his own extraordinary abilities as a politician to be able to get the Civil Rights Bill passed. Now, I think that at some point, something like it would have happened. I, I can't believe that in the alternate history of 2016, that there still wouldn't be legal equality between the races because that's happened throughout the entire developed world. But it would have been different, and we don't know what form it would have taken. It could very well have happened later because it wasn't simple for Johnson to pass. He had to get uh, Southerners on board who did not favor racial integration. In fact, George Wallace, uh, his independent presidential campaigns in the 1970s were based on segregation. So it wasn't an easy thing to do at that time. I think it would have come later. Even George Wallace renounced his old segregationist ways by the 1980s, but it would have taken on a very different shape. Well, that's all I have for this speculation of what if from 1960. So thanks a lot for joining me on this episode, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the History Unplugged podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get your daily dose of all things history-related from ancient Greece to the Cold War. You can do that by going to historyonthenet.com forward slash subscribe. Speaking of History on the Net, if you want to dive deeper, go to our site historyonthenet.com and there you'll find blog posts, book reviews, and all of our other podcast episodes. Plus, don't forget to rate and review this podcast so we can bring you the best daily history content possible. We'll see you next time at the History Unplugged podcast. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. 
They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 